Hi and welcome back to the Shining Light podcast. Today we're shining light on God's love. So um, before we start, we're going to pray. So in Jesus' name, God, thank you for this time to speak again and talk again and reflect again on you. I pray that as we go through this episode that we all gain about your love, gain wisdom about your love and gain understanding of what your love is, why it's important and how we can live in your love in Jesus' name. Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. So, let's get started. Okay, so how have you been doing? How has life been recently? Um, The last episode was a reflection episode. So, as you know, or if you might not know, because not everyone might know, so reflection is like when I just talk freely about life and all that jazz. So, yeah, I did that episode. Like last, I released a playlist about songs I've been loving in this autumn winter season. And what else did I do? Yeah, I'll speak. What was I talking about specifically there? Um, I think in the reflections episode, I was speaking about like self esteem. Um, what else? Let me try and find it. I was speaking about like self esteem, speaking about music, like music recommendations, just how life has been recently things I'm grateful for, worship, um, love, yeah, and um, yeah, just like stuff that was just on my heart, so have a listen if you'd like to, so now we're in the month of December, and I hope December is going really, really well for you, Um, yeah, like December is very exciting because Christmas, and it's just, it's nice, isn't it, just to think about Christmas time, and yeah, um, so this episode is about God's love, so shining light on God's love. And why did I want to do this episode? Just because like it's just been something that's been on my mind for ages or very yeah, for quite a while to be honest. I, I was reading um First John like some months I think a couple of months ago. And of course First John is like a love letter from God or a letter about the love of God, quite literally. And it just got me thinking about God's love and then it was like, I guess God was like, oh yeah, well not I guess, God was like, okay, let's do an episode about God's love. So that's what I'm doing. So God's love. The Bible passage of today is Romans 8:37, and that says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. But I'm going to carry on and read verse 38 and 39. And that says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I have three questions I want to ask and answer in this episode. So first of, first of, me, first of all, what is, what is it? Like, what is God's love? Secondly, why does it matter? Thirdly, can it truly satisfy? So... What is God's love? God's love is his expression to us. So God is love, like he's literally love. It says in 1 John 4, 8, that, um, what does it say in 1 John 4, 8? If we, I ever pause, by the way, after I like say a Bible verse, it's probably because I'm looking for that Bible verse, like on my phone or something. So if I ever say like a Bible verse and then I just pause and then I say the Bible verse, it's not because it's often not because I'm remembering the Bible verse, it's because I'm searching it up just in case you are curious. But first John 4, 8 says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the very nature of God is love. He is love, like 
he he is love so god's love is the expression of his very nature it is his personality and it's him expressing his personality it's him expressing his very nature and it's the way he expresses it to us it's the way we see it it's the way we see it that doesn't make sense it's just it's the expression of god's love like that's how i would describe it i describe god's love as the expression of his very nature and i think with that it's important to recognize genuinely that as much as that god is very much loving but i think that sometimes as humans as people living on earth (laughs) as opposed to living on mars uh, we can often confuse love with like tolerance or like blind or ignorant tolerance or confuse love with our like human idea of love because god's love like god is often described as a lion and the lamb right so you know lions are fierce and tough and strong but lambs are tend to be sort of as very soft and meek and all of this and it's like how can god be both the lion and the lamb you know how can we say god is a consuming fire but god is also love how can we say like god is the righteous judge but how can we also say god is like the shepherd you know or the good shepherd like how can we say these two things but i think what's important to remember is like god isn't defined in human words we may use human words to define him so i speak english evidently so (laughs) well i'll use english words to define him but he is not confined confided to my human definition so like our human definition of what love is no matter what that may come from or regardless of where that comes from it's not like god isn't confined to that like god isn't meant to just fit into that box like i was speaking to a friend or my friend was speaking and yeah she was talking and then she was saying like oh we can't put god in a box and we can't like it's very much true we can't put god in a box in the sense of like we confide him to these confine is it confine or confide confine him like confine him to this set definition so when we say god is love whilst god is very much love love doesn't necessarily mean tolerance for all things like god is love but god is also just so god made love god loves us all yes but he doesn't love like our sin you know he will still love us even when we sin and he will still love us even when we are quote unquote good but that doesn't mean that god loves our sin and that doesn't mean that god loves it when we sin by no means he does not love it when we sin he doesn't love it when we lie he doesn't love it when he um fornicate because god doesn't like sin it says um god cannot behold iniquity in where does it say that in habakkuk yeah habakkuk 113 it says your eyes are too pure to look on evil you cannot oh wait let me get another version um new living translation yeah go on. okay new living translation but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil will you wink at their treachery should you be silent while the wicked swallow up more people more righteous than they so focusing on that first part of habakkuk 113 but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil so the writer the speaker is referring to god here that he is pure and cannot stand the sight of evil so god god doesn't like it when you sin but that doesn't mean that god doesn't love us even in the midst of our sin because god is so transcendent and beyond our human understanding and his love is very much incomprehensible in many a way like he will still love us even when we sin 
and even when we don't sin he will still love us but that does not that should not be mistaken for god loving our sin or god having tolerance for our sin yes the bible says that um in the time of ignorance god will wink at where does it say that in acts yeah in acts 17 30 it says and the times of this ignorance god winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent or in another version new king james it says truly these times of ignorance god overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent so like yeah when we were ignorant of our sin and we didn't know what we were doing god because like yeah actually let me finish <laughs> let me finish my thought so like when we were ignorant and didn't know what we were doing and we weren't aware that we were sinning like god still loved us and according to this verse from my understanding of it anyway he was like patient with us and he kind of ignored our wrongdoing similar to how like a father because you know god is our heavenly father similar to how a father would to their child see like let's say the child was like one years old or one year old or one year old and the child like i don't know spilled water let's say obviously it's not logical for that father to be angry at a one-year-old child and say oh why did you spill water da 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 because like first of all the child will probably just look at you and maybe even carry on laughing or like go off and play because the child doesn't know what you're talking about they might see that you're angry but it's actually just wasting time because the child doesn't understand but it's more reasonable for a father to talk to like i don't know a let's say a 14 year old now spilled water because they were messing about the father would likely be like what are you doing like did you not know that what were you doing you know so similarly when god saw us like in our ignorance when we were unaware of our sin and all of that jazz like he would have probably according to this verse at least acts 17 30 he like ignored or winked at or overlooked like these times of our ignorance not because he didn't see our sin but from my understanding of this verse, because he saw that we didn't understand what we were doing. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they do, for they know not what they do. So, and because God is so patient, what does it say? Um, God is patient. Where does it say that? First Peter? No. Um, yeah, Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is it. Oh, no. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God is patient with us. So when he sees that we were in ignorance, he's obviously, yes, he still loves us, but he wouldn't have loved our sin. But when he saw that, you know, we've come to the knowledge of him and we now believe in him and all of that, like all that jazz, like he, um, he will actually have a like higher standard for us, you know, because we now know who he is we don't know what sin is and all of that so he'd have a higher standard for us so yes he would still love us even when we were sinning and even when we weren't sinning but he would have never loved our sin he might have like ignored quote unquote our sin before but that didn't that his ignoring our sin doesn't mean he's approving of our sin and i hope you understand why i'm saying that so what is god's love the expression of his very nature and my biblical support for that is first john 4 8. second question why does it matter it is literally the basis of salvation and the gospel john 3 16 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life the first part of that says for god so loved the world that as in 
the reason that he gave his son was because of how much he loved the world and i know the bible says loved but don't think of it as like oh yeah god used to love the world a few thousand years ago when jesus was crucified but you know he doesn't love it anymore like it's a very much continuous love because god is love and he cannot be less than him like he cannot be less than himself he cannot lose himself because he is god so his love will never decrease his he his love is constant and consistent so like just as general like i guess bible knowledge like even though the bible says or some versions of the bible say for god so loved uh, the world it doesn't mean that god has stopped loving the world it's just um in terms of like is it vocabulary grammar like present tense like the reason that god gave his son is because he loved the world and the reason why and now he still loves the world so i hope that was just a little bit of context i hope you understand what i'm saying so the very basis of salvation the very basis of the gospel is and was the fact that god loves the world so that's why it matters because it's literally the reason we are able to be saved. The, religion, the reason we are able to know God and come to God through Jesus is because God loves us that much that he wants to us to be able to know him. And I just think that's really cool. Another reason why the love of God matters is because without it, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't have Jesus. So like I say, the love of god is the basis of salvation the basis of the gospel and it's the reason why jesus was able to come jesus came from the father for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son it's not like jesus got up one day and said all right god i'm off i'm off down to earth to see like what how i can save these people no the bible explains that for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he yes jesus came down like jesus came of his own will because it says in Philippians 2 like he did not think it robbery to um trade hold on let me get the right bible there yeah um in Philippians 2 6 though this is referring to Jesus or talking about Jesus though he was God he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to so like Jesus yes willingly gave his life for us you know in the garden of Gethsemane he was praying and he was like, oh God, if this cup can pass over me, like let it pass over me, but not my will, but yours be done. So, you know, he freely chose to die. He freely chose to give his life for us. And yes, we are thankful for that gift of salvation. But God freely gave his son, like Jesus came from God, you know? So not in the sense of, no, actually, let me rephrase that. Like God gave us Jesus. God gave us Jesus as a gift. And if we didn't, if God, God wouldn't give something as precious as his own son to us if he didn't love us, you know? So why does it matter? Because it sh- show it's the basis of salvation. Without it, we wouldn't have Jesus. And it shows how much God really does love us. Yeah, because like the fact that he gave his son shows that he loves us enough to crucify or to have his own son be crucified. And I, again, that's very much a very beautiful thought that he loves us that much to give his own son for us. Actually, I want to share something. Um, relating to that point of giving his son, I was listening to a sermon by my new fave, Jackie Hill Perry. And yeah, I say my new fave because I've been listening to a lot of her sermons recently and I was like, dang, she's actually like, I think a few episodes ago, I spoke about this one sermon she did, like, 
in a need in what is it in this sexual society we have need of endurance or something like that and in my days it was a very good sermon if you haven't listened to it please 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 listen to it because it's an amazing sermon if you're struggling with sexual morality or um lust or anything i would very much recommend because she speaks very beautifully and you can very much tell that it's just god (laughs) speaking through her and using her for his glory which is always wonderful to see so i was listening to a sermon about by her during her like glory conference thing and she was talking about abraham and jesus so no she was talking about abraham and isaac and she was talking about jesus in the old testament i haven't yet finished the sermon but whilst i was watching the sermon this thought came to me by god by his grace and i want to share it with you so i'm reading off my notes page as i often do so listen and be blessed so it says in genesis 22 it's about god asking abraham to sacrifice isaac so abraham obeys etc I was thinking about how this kind of reflects God and Jesus. Jesus is God's own begotten son, as in his boy, in the non-colloquial sense, like his son, his boy. And he freely, no one asked him to, gave Jesus what a very unworthy world. Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice his son. It's often seen as a test of his faith and his devotion to God. But Abraham sacrificing Isaac wouldn't have been enough to please God, because pleasing God can only come through Jesus and the actions his Holy Spirit influence us influences us to do. God in mercy said that a lamb would be provided for Abraham's sacrifice instead and Abraham at first said a lamb would be provided verse 8. A ram was what he sacrificed verse 13. Jesus is that lamb John 1 29. The sacrifice was a son a lamb but it was the holy lamb of God and not an earthly lamb. An earthly lamb or even the sacrifice of one of the most faithful men of the bible wasn't enough because that man Abraham was a mere man a flawed man. But the man Jesus Christ is not man alone, but also God. His sacrifice is enough because he is more than enough. He is both human and divine. We get all we need in him. He is enough to save. So I just thought that was a really, really cool thought. And um, really cool, like, understanding and new perspective on Abraham and Isaac and the reflection of that between God and Jesus. So I just wanted to share that because it seems appropriate when we're talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. From God. Okay, another reason why God's love matters. When we take it on, it shows how we act towards others. So what do I mean by this? Like when we accept God's love for ourselves, we will act in God's love towards other people. So think of it this way. When a person has high self-esteem, they rarely ever um put other people down because they know they are they are certain within themselves of their own identity. So you know how people like on TikTok will be like oh like not you gatekeeping like this product so let's say like um a makeup product for example let's say there's this really cool highlighter that like you know it does its job it's very very good it makes you look amazing so let's say this person this girl this lady was like doing her makeup like get ready with me on tiktok right and then people in the comments were like oh or let me say the jokey version you know like those jokes of tiktoks and they'll be like Oh yeah, this is how influencers act. Please do not hate on your influence on influencers, guys. Like, yeah, don't, don't hate on them because let's be nice to everyone. So, like, I saw this TikTok. This is turning into a bit of a ramble, but I saw this TikTok joke, me, whatever, of this girl, this lady, and she was like pretending, like parodying, like influencers. So she was saying, like, oh yeah, um, she was pretending she was on live, and then she was like, oh yeah, this is my like 
pearl necklace but I got it from like the Mount, Mount Fuji so you know you might not be able to get it and then she was like oh yeah this is like my concealer and it was actually handcrafted for me by Chanel <laughs> I don't even know and then she was like oh yeah I got these like I don't know acrylics from I don't know like <laughs> I don't know like Australia and all of this and like I got this by this designer and then she was like oh yeah you probably wouldn't be able to get it because like you know it's just for me and then like people would be in her comments like she was on live so people would be like oh could you tell me where you got like your foundation from you look so good da 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 and she'll be like actually no I can't because I don't like telling people my products and da 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 and it's like if people actually act like that it probably is just evidence of low self-esteem and I'm not saying I'm not saying this to be mean, but I'm just saying it because if you're that caught up and you're that hung up on not sharing where you get like basic products from, as in basic because it's just very simple makeup products, like and you're that scared that if other people like and you don't want other people to have it, it's either because you're a very selfish person or you feel that you know it's that makeup product or it's that product getting you making you beautiful. Therefore, you don't want anyone to be able to compete with your le- your assumed level of beauty. And that's evidence of low self-esteem in my opinion. So I say this all to say that when a person has like low self-esteem, they will act in low self-esteem towards other people. So because they have a low sense of self, they will try to belittle other people. So at least they're not the only person that has low self-esteem. Likewise, if a person does not feel loved, they will try to make people around them feel unloved, unworthy, un... um, unaccepted I was trying to think of a third word you know but if the person feels loved loved by God or let me talk about it without actually no I'm not going to talk about it without God I was going to say if a person feels like loved by their family or their friends I'm going to talk about God but if a person feels loved by God you know secure in God secure in their identity in Christ all of this all of this they will act in love towards other people because they know that God's love is not a finite resource. God's love is not reserved only for the five, first 500 people that enter heaven. Like, no, God's love is for everyone. So if a person feels loved by God and a person knows and takes on the knowledge because it is a fact that we are loved by God, if a person takes on that fact that they are loved by God, then they will act in that love towards other people. They will be kind to other people. They will be um, patient with other people. They will be loving towards other people because they know how loved they are by God and they would want to express that love to other people, you know? So where am I taking this from in the Bible? First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So this is why I say that, like, you know, if a person knows that they are loved, then first of all, it's evidence that they know God because they know that God is love and they know that God loves them and they will act in that love towards the people around them so um let me read it in another version dear friends let us continue to love one this is new living translation the first one I read was new king james this is new living translation and it says dear friends let us continue to love one another for love comes from God anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God so yes love people because it shows that you know god and it shows that you know that god loves you too and it shows your security in your identity with god if you act in love towards other people it not only is a way of evangelism because you know how people say like oh you might be am i speaking really fast i feel like i'm speaking really fast sorry if i am but (laughs) apparently when i get passionate i speak very fast 
So, um, you know how people say like, oh, I've lost my thought now. Uh, oh no. Oh God, please remind me of what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Oh, I forgot what I was going to say because I was thinking I was speaking too fast. So now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Oh God, please remind me of what I was going to say. What was I talking about? Yes, um, God's identity. Oh my days, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. I had to listen to what I was saying. So yeah, not only is acting in love like a way of evangelism, because you know how people say like, oh, you might be the only Bible that a person sees, or like you might be the only like quote unquote Jesus that a person sees. So if you act in love towards someone that perhaps like never had love around them, then you will be at least giving them a glimpse of God, you know? And I've spoken about either in the podcast or on my blog, about like being a bridge rather than a barrier to Christ. If you're a bridge to Christ, then you are encouraging other people to access Christ. How do you encourage other people to access Christ? Most of all, through your conduct. If you claim to be a Christian and you're forever rude, you're forever moody, you're forever unkind, you're forever mouthy, you're forever gossiping, you're forever lying, you're forever being just generally mean, who on earth would want to serve the God you claim? Like, no, because actually genuinely think about it. If a person says they're a Christian, but you know for a fact, and I'm not talking about like a soul to poor kind of transformation. I'm talking about like a person claims to be a Christian. They say they go to church every Sunday. They go to Bible study every Thursday or whatever. You know, or they're always posting on their story about how they're reading their Bible. Da, 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 da. But you know for a fact that if you speak to them at least for one hour, you will hear three insults for four different people. Like would you actually believe that they're a Christian? And I know that sounds very judgmental, but by their fruits, we shall know them, right? So if a person is claiming to love God or claiming at least to call the name of God as in, and at least claiming to proclaim God as king, yet they're not reflecting, or they're not positively reflecting the God that they're claiming, who would who who would want to know that God? But if a person is always kind, always loving, you know, humans are human, so we might have bad days and that, and that's it, like, you know, that's an understandable thing. But like generally, a very kind person, a very loving person, you know, you see them and you just feel brightened by their smile or by their manner, their con- conduct, they're kind to the people around you, they're kind to you, etc., etc. At the very least, even if that person is an atheist and knows that person is a Christian, that that kind person is a Christian at the very least that atheist or whoever will at least say that hey this person is a kind person and if that kind person is not only kind but also professes God through their actions so you know when you're speaking to them if they ask if you ask them for advice and they give you advice but they say oh yeah you know I learned from my bible study the other day that xyz and they at least add in evidence not just from their conduct but from their speech that they believe in God at the very least you are you are at least be interested in knowing about the God that they serve I think so anyway genuinely when you are kind to people that perhaps have never had kindness bestowed upon them like at the very least you're introducing them to God and even if you don't mention God you will at least introduce them to kindness and love and those are attributes of God so at the very least, your conduct is drawing people onto God. So yeah. Um, 1 John 3.18, which I wanted to read. 
says my little children let us not love in word or in tongue but in deed and in truth and this is what i'm saying about like our conduct being so important because when we understand and have for a fact in our minds that god is love and god loves us all we will want to express that love to other people because you know how beautiful it feels to be loved by god right you know like and i'm going to talk about this in the next point but you know that like god's love is an amazing gift i'm assuming at least and if you don't know god's love is an amazing gift and it's a beautiful gift so at the very least like when someone has been kind to you you know you want to pay it forward i think it was a few years ago there was this thing of like paying it forward and like um kindness being paid forward and all this jazz and that's a very lovely thought but in a godly sense you know putting putting the godly lens on it like it's important to portray the love that we have um yeah and to portray the love that we have from god to other people and with that, another reason why the God, the love of God matters is because accepting it through his biggest gift of salvation is evidence that you know him. So 1 Corinthians 8, so, okay, before I read 1 Corinthians 8, 3, like, the fact that we are saved, I'm assuming a lot of us here, like I often say, are saved, are Christians. So the fact that we are saved is evidence that we know God and it's evidence that we have accepted the love of God because God's love is the reason why we are able to have salvation. So if we've accepted his gift of salvation, we have for sure accepted his love. Okay, cool. So that's evidence of us knowing him, knowing who God is. We know his very nature and we know him as love because his love is what made us able to be saved and the fact that we are saved the fact that we have accepted his salvation is evidence of our knowledge of him and knowledge of his love cool so first corinthians 8 3 says but if anyone loves god this one is known by him so not only is us like loving god or us knowing of god evidence of us no hold on so not only is us accepting God's love evidence of us knowing him, if we love God, it's evidence that he knows us as well, according to this verse. Because if anyone know- loves God, this one is known by him. And also in Matthew seven twenty one, I want to read and it says, um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not pros- prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I'm going to read that again in a different version. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and prophesied many mir- performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you, get away from me, you who break God's laws. So I think often people call this a very scary verse in the Bible because it's like, oh my days. So does that mean that they won't know if they enter heaven? I mean, it depends on how you live your life, to be honest. But like, generally, a Christian, a person walking in the way of the Lord, a person following God, etc, etc, should know that like, if anything were to happen, or in a more positive note, if rapture were to happen, they're for sure, for sure going to heaven. And I think this is a scary verse when you don't understand it and when you when you're when you're the cool. Yeah. Uh, because there's a difference between claiming God 
and actually doing his will. And doing God's will is, you know, to be saved, to have a relationship with him, to know him, um, to do what he asks, to do what he commands, etc. Like, that's the lifestyle a person lives. But if a person doesn't really know God as and God doesn't know them, then I feel this verse is much more applicable to these people because I'm trying to think about how to explain it. I think knowing God and knowing of God are two very different things. I heard this quote in church and it was actually really cute. It was this like little boy in church and he said, um, what is it? Jesus doesn't want fans, he wants friends. Jesus doesn't want fans in the sense of he wants people to just post about him on his story on their story and he doesn't just want people to go out and give flyers to people. Um, he doesn't just want people who sing songs about him. He doesn't just want people who have really cool Bible quotes on their bedroom wall. He doesn't want people who just read their Bible for vibes. He doesn't want people who just cry in worship because the music is really cool. He doesn't want people who just pray when they want to pay for their credit card bill. You know, he wants friends and it's it's different. If you're a fan of Jesus, that's really cool. That's really cool. You know, you might acknowledge Jesus as a good teacher. You might acknowledge that, you know, he had gave some good wisdom. Yeah. You might acknowledge Jesus as a prophet. And that's really cool. But a friend of God, friend of Jesus will know what he doesn't like and will avoid doing those things and a friend of Jesus will know what Jesus likes and do those things a friend of Jesus will listen to what Jesus says a friend of Jesus will obey you know the bible says I no no longer call you servants but friends um what does it say about in John 15 15 Jesus says I no longer call you servants because a servant does not yeah, I no, longer, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. And it also says, if you love me, he also says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, yeah, like, what's my point? A friend of Jesus and a fan of Jesus are two very different things. You can't just claim to know Jesus but you never really spend time with him because or to know God I'm going to use Jesus and God interchangeably because he and the father are one so um reading John 15 15 again no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not understand what his master is doing but I have called you friends because everything I've learned from my father I've made known to you and then reading John 15 14 so the verse just before that it says you are my friends if you do what I command you and again, using that Matthew 7, 21 to 23, if you're following God's will, you're following his commands, right? And if you are following his commands, then you're his friend. And if you're his friend, then that means you know him. And if you know him, that means he knows you. If you follow his will, if you do what he likes, if you delight in the ways of the Lord, 
if you love him you will be known by him as it says in 1 Corinthians 8 3. So don't let this Matthew 7 21 to 23 scare you but if it has scared you instead of letting it scare you let's encourage you to know that yes you can be certain of your future after earth and you can be certain of knowing whether you're going to heaven or not based on how you live your life on earth now and I'm not talking about good deeds and I'm not talking about paying money to charity every day those are all very good things but it's genuinely about how you live your life and whether you're living your life in accordance with God's will and you can accordance with God's will is very can be or includes um actually listening to God obeying his commandments but it could also be like how God has determined for you to live your life. You know, some people are called to ministry and all of that jazz. And if that's God's will for your life, pray that it will happen and pray that you act in it so that you can obey his will. So, yeah, Jesus doesn't want fans, he wants friends. And moving on to the third question, can God's love truly satisfy? Yes. Yes, it can, much more than the love of the world can. Recently, I was going through a bit of a bit of a tough time. It's a little bit of an understatement. But I was going through a bit of a tough time. And I was kind of in a state of, why am I doing this? Like, why am I serving God? And I was also in a state of, like, can God's love truly satisfy? And I think this has been a question that's been on my mind for a while. But I gave God a chance. And I said, okay, God, like... I actually want to, you know, I want a change of mind, I want a change of mindset, I want a change of heart, like, and he proved to me in that period of time that his love can satisfy and that his work and his word as well can satisfy and you really have to give God a chance and how did I give God a chance? I cut off a lot of, or I cut off, I gave, that was very dramatic, I gave I gave God seven days, right? To I was like, okay, God, it's just you and me in these seven days. No out, no like, um, TV, no like m- movies, no YouTube, just sermons and Bibles and like core core worship music, literally. So you know I love my Afro gospel, right? But as much as I do love Afro gospel, it's sometimes good to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, as it says in Psalms him where does it say that ephesians 5 19 it says speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord that's the new international version and i'm not saying that like afro gospel is bad by no means but i'm just saying like i personally needed to be in a place that like and i'm not saying that like uplifting worship songs or uplifting praise songs are bad i'm not saying that at all bible says make a joyful noise unto the lord so i'm not saying these things are bad at all but i'm just saying for me personally remember personal convictions are personal so don't attack me but for me personally I have personally had to make a personal decision to kind of just listen to much more like psalms hymns and spiritual songs so I was reading my bible spending a bit more time on my bible spending a bit more time in prayer spending a bit more time in worship spending a bit more time in like core quote-unquote worship music etc and I was like okay god cool let's I'll give you actually a chance because it's no point me saying oh god can your love really satisfy me when I'm watching 
I'm watching Gilmore. I haven't watched Gilmore Girls in a few weeks, but I was watching Gilmore Girls. And, or like, oh, I'm watching like XYZ TV show. Like, I can't say, oh, yeah, I'm really giving God a chance for his love to satisfy me if I'm being satisfied by like entertainment from the world. Again, I'm not saying like all entertainment is bad. I'm not saying like Gilmore Girls is a sin or whatever. But I'm just saying that like I was giving God, I wanted to really give God as much space to really like fill my heart as needed and as I could, as much as I could give him in my like, you know, in that space. And in that time to really like work on me, I gave, I wanted to give that to him, like kind of give him as much attention as I could. So yeah, I wasn't like watching any like secular TV. It was like sermons, worship music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's my point? I learned from this experience that God's love really can satisfy. You genuinely can be delighted by things of the world. No, sorry, <laughs> God forbid. Well, I mean, you can be delighted by things of the world. But I learned that you genuinely can be delighted by things of the Lord. By things of the Lord, my style. I learned in this experience that you genuinely can be delighted by things of the Lord. And how did I know this? <laughs> I was listening to Jackie Hill Perry. And I actually was like laughing at the sermon. And I was like, oh my days. Like I've listened I've been listening to sermons for a while. Like, you know I love Dr. Charles Stanley. Like Dr. Charles Stanley, I love that man. God bless him. He's, I love the way he teaches the word. I love it. But like, you know, one thing about people is like, a lot of people like to like watch TV while they eat. They like to laugh while they eat. I'm one of those people. I like to watch like a funny show while I'm eating. But I came back into my house, into my room. And I was like, okay, time to eat dinner. And this was during that like seven day period I gave God. And I was like, oh my days, what am I going to watch? And then I was like, okay, let me watch a sermon. Fine. And I was, I think I was a little bit reluctant to do it, but I was like, come on, okay, we're giving God a chance here, let's do it, cool. So I was listening, I found the sermon, Jackie Perry, and then I put it on. And then I was like, oh my days, this is funny? Like, is this possible? And I don't want this to be a charge to be like, you know, um, just watch entertaining sermons, because sermons aren't meant to entertain, they are meant to inform, they are meant to enlighten, they're meant to encourage, they're meant to draw you nearer to God. So as much as that sermon, I was like able to laugh at what she was saying, like, wow, I was also able to gain a lot of wisdom that I was lacking from it. And it's not because Jackie Hill Perry was there. It's because God, God is good and God will speak through his word. And when God uses a vessel for his honour, like that vessel will like reach other people. And yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, I am delighted by the Lord because Jackie Hill Perry or whatever, or whoever was like preaching. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that it's possible to be filled with joy from God. It's possible for God to genuinely give you not only peace and not only like wisdom and not only like ooh, encouragement and all that stuff. He can actually make you laugh. Have you ever read your Bible and you started laughing because you're like, lol, I can't believe God said that. Like, there are many times, like, let me get my Bible, hold on. Okay, so I was reading Luke, or I'm reading Luke right now. And if you don't know, there's this, like, challenge that people do in December. And it's like, you read a chapter of Luke every day and up until, like, the 24th. So kind of like an advent calendar, but with the Bible instead of chocolate or whatever. <laughs> And um, where does it, there was this Bible verse that I was reading that Jesus said, 
something and I just found it very funny oh where does it say that um did I write it down okay yeah I found it now so it was in Luke 5 and you know the story of Luke 5 or you know the story of this man who like his friends opened up the roof to a house where Jesus was so that his friend so the friend could be healed so I just found it like kind of funny how Jesus said when well the Bible says in verse 20 so Luke 5 20 when he saw their faith he said to him man your sins are forgiven you and I don't know that necessarily I think no I, I found it a little bit funny how Jesus just said man your sins are forgiven you like because you know that if like I feel this isn't just Britain, but you know how people will be like, I feel like I'm on the accent now. But you know how people will be like, oh man, like, oh man, or oh, me, or oh my guy, or this and that, like slang, kind of. I just found it kind of funny that like, Jesus said, oh man, your sins are forgiven you. I just found that kind of cool. And there were times in like, what was I reading? I think I read like Daniel earlier this year. And there were things in Daniel that made me laugh as well. Um, a very weird story that I don't know that will necessarily make you laugh, but it was like, there was a story I've talked about before, like how a donkey was made to talk. And it's like all these kind of like weird and wonderful and comedic things that happen in the Bible. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, the love of God, it's actually possible to delight in the Lord. I think it's in Psalm 37. Yes, I was right. Psalm 37 verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you, what is it? Oh, I've just lost it now. Where does it say it? Okay, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. But it's genuinely possible to delight yourself in the Lord. And with that, it's very much possible for God's love to satisfy you. And, you know, we can talk about how God's love can satisfy you, like, you know, if you you're not in a romantic relationship but you know or even like a platonic one as in the person has no friends which I hope that's not any of us because I'm sure like oh I have hope and I hope and pray that we're all loved by um people here and if you feel like you are you're loved by God and this leads into what I'm talking about you know we can talk about how God will satisfy us if we feel unloved by people and how God's love can satisfy us if we feel unloved by people but I think a way to actually see if God's love can satisfy or to see that God's love can satisfy is to delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the things of the Lord. What does it mean to like delight yourself in the Lord? Find joy in the word of God. You know, like I was saying that verse that made me laugh. Like I just found it kind of funny how God was, Jesus was very casual because Jesus is Jesus, you know, the king of kings. And he's like, oh man, your sins are forgiven you. I just found that funny because I'm like, it's like what Jesus was speaking in slang like you know I just found that weird and I'm sure some people might listen to this and be like this girl is really weird and she's like oh OTT and all that chat do people even say OTT anymore like she's OTT and she's all that and she's so weird oh my day she finds the bible funny and I'm sure there will be some other people that are like how dare you laugh at the word god and da 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 and it's like guy okay first of all I'm allowed to laugh (laughs) the joy of the lord is my strength first of all second of all fruit of the spirit is joy so yeah but like I'm allowed to delight in the things of the Lord and I'm allowed allowed to delight in the Lord and if I want to delight in the Lord by finding you know humanity in Jesus because as much as Jesus was very much divine 
and it was 100% divine. He was also 100% human. And I think sometimes it's nice to see the human side of Jesus. Like how he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. I just, I don't know why I find that so interesting and entertaining. But like, it's possible to delight yourself with the Lord. So like I was saying, how do you delight yourself in the Lord? Find joy in his work. Find joy in serving the Lord. Don't think of it as a chore. If you serve God in church, i.e. maybe you're on the worship team in the choir, maybe you're on the media team, maybe you're an usher, maybe you're a preacher. Like, don't think of it as a chore. Think of it as a delight. Think of it as a a privilege, because it is. Um, do, like, find, do you? Do you find joy? Find joy in his word. Like I was saying, find there are many things that I will like can make a person laugh. Even if you read like some of the stories of the Israelites, you will even laugh, not because it's necessarily funny, but it's because oh my days, like are they really messing up again? Kind of like laughter, you know? And find joy in worshipping him. You can worship nights will come and go, but there's something about genuinely worshipping God from your own heart in your own space. Worship nights are amazing, praise nights are amazing, but being able to genuinely just worship God in your own space is such a beautiful thing. And I pray that God gives us this heart and ability to genuinely just worship him for who he is, because he's very much deserving of it. And it's a very, very beautiful thing. Find joy in fellowshipping with him. Like, genuinely talk to God. And I say this, I've said this before. And again, you might be listening to me and thinking, what has this girl been doing what is she on she talks to god and it's like well yeah i do like you know how you talk to yourself like let's be real a lot of people talk to themselves so instead of talking to myself i direct those thoughts to god so you know wake up in the morning say good morning god thank you for waking me up this morning get on with my day okay god what should i wear today like i know one of my friends and she said (laughs) i know one of my friends did you know that and um she was saying like oh she sometimes will ask like the holy spirit to help her know what to wear and this girl's fashion if you're listening, you know who you are, like top tier. So, you know, I'm always asking for recommendations, well, often asking for recommendations for where she gets some of her clothes because top tier. But like genuinely ask God, find joy in fellowshipping with God because when you delight yourself in the things of God, when you find joy, when you find happiness in doing God's, in doing the things of the Lord and in walking with God, you will see how much God's love very much satisfied because the reason a person would be able to delight in the Lord is because they love God and it's because God loves them and it's because they've taken on that knowledge that God loves them so if you delight yourself in the Lord then you'll know that God's love can satisfy because it's only by God's love and his grace and his mercy that we're able to even talk to him or worship him or work for him in his house So if we're able to find joy in doing these things, and if we're able to feel joy while doing these things, then we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, and we are able to delight ourselves in the Lord because of his love. And another reason why God's love can truly, truly satisfy is because it never changes and it isn't conditional. The love of people can waver and it can change. A romantic relationship, you know, unfortunately can come and go. A friendship can come and go, but God's love won't waver. Even when we waver, let's be real, even when we waver and we falter and we go here, there and everywhere, knocking God about, like, or maybe not knocking him about, but, you know, like, shifting him about in our lives, like, he doesn't matter. His love will still be there. His love will still be stable. 
you might not feel it as much because you're not as close to God. You know, you can't feel heat unless the, the closer you go to a heater, the more you will feel its heat. But the further you are from a heater, the less you'll feel his heat. Likewise, the closer you are to God, the more you will feel his love. But the further you are from God, the less you'll feel his love. But that love will always be there. Like that heater is perpetually on because it is winter in the UK. That heater is on. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, let's say that heater is always on, for example. Even if you're far away from it, that heater is still on. If you're close to it, that heater is still on. But how you feel it or how it feels on you will depend on how close you are to it. Likewise, God's love is always there and God's love is always constant. So even when we are far, his love is strong. Even when we are close, his love is strong. But how we feel his love and what we feel about his love is dependent on how close we are to him. So, yes, human relationships can falter. Human, like, love can falter and change. But God's love can't. And God's love isn't conditional. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything. I'm not just singing reckless love. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. But he still gave it to us anyway. So, like... God's love, yes, it very much can satisfy. And if you don't believe me, I challenge you, give God seven days and say, okay, God, it's you and me. Seven days, worship, prayer, the word. I'm telling it might be hard to start it. I'm not going to lie. It might be hard to start it, but just give God a chance. Seven days, I bet, (laughs) well, I'm not going to say I bet money, but I promise you, if you give God a chance to satisfy your heart, he will satisfy your heart. Seek the Lord and you will find him. Try it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Actually try it. Genuinely try it. If you feel like you've been far from God, give your give give yourself and give God seven days. Say, God, okay, it's me and you for seven days. Seven is perfection in the Bible, right? Like that's what the number seven represents, at least to my understanding. That's what I've heard. So give God seven days and you will see how God's love can satisfy you. If you've been struggling with trying to find love from other sources, give God seven days, seven days, say, God, it's me and you, Bible, worship, the word, prayer, go try it, honestly try it, and you'll see how much God can transform you, and you'll see that you genuinely can delight in the Lord, so thank you for listening, um, God's love, it's an amazing thing, it's a joy it's a privilege that we're able to experience the love of this awesome awesome God and it's one that we can't really explain um but it's one it's a love that we can't explain but it's a love that is so so true and so pure and so precious and so lovely but you can't understand if you want to really take on God's love and really live in it you you have to be saved you know you you can't yeah you have to be saved so if you'd like to give yourself you'll give yourself give your life to Christ because um you know you want to say okay God I'm really taking on your love now this is the prayer to pray and it says dear god i know that i am a sin pardon me it says dear god i know i'm a sinner and i ask for your forgiveness i believe jesus christ is your son i believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life i want to trust him as my savior and follow him as lord from this day forward guide my life and help me to do your will 
I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, yeah, God's love. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing gift. And the fact that we can experience it is very much a privilege. Yeah, I hope you're doing well. And um, I believe this episode, by the grace of God, will come out before Christmas. So I hope we're all enjoying December. I hope we're all enjoying this Christmas season. I pray that God gives us all a beautiful Christmas. I pray that God helps us to take on the fact that we are loved by him. And I pray that God will be be with us, protecting us, shielding us, guiding us as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate the festive season, as we celebrate the end of the year, and as we come towards the end of 2022. What a year. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. It's always a privilege. Uh, It's a very privileged thing to be able to have this platform to speak about what God has put on my heart. And I really appreciate that people listen to this podcast because, yeah, um, it's, it's a very nice thing. And it makes me smile that people actually listen to this podcast and listen to what I have to say and what God wants me to say. So thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate you. I hope you're doing well. I hope that you know that you're loved by God, by me, <laughs> and by by people you are loved so yeah i hope you're doing well and remember to keep shining your lights